Hello and welcome to another episode of Top Radio. Guido here, along with Scoot and John. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we got a great episode this week uh, of talking about things that we know everything about. Uh, starting off with some college basketball talk. West Virginia University, uh, the three of us are fans of West Virginia University. Uh, West Virginia University basketball, I think officially this week, I would say, came uh, completely off the rails. Like, we went from, like, I think we're seeing a train wreck to uh, we saw the train wreck, I think, this week. Well, here's what I'd like to know. Do you think it's a cumulative effect on on Issa and and Wes Harris? So what what you're talking about is Issa, Ahmad, and Wes Harris. Yep dismissed this week uh from the team so two starters on the squad i mean not just two guys that oh yeah i remember he was on the team no these are mm-hmm. these are multi-year starters guys that have been on important teams over the last few seasons now harris is a junior um for isa it's arguably worse as a senior i mean if you had to pick a way to end your senior year this would not be it uh, so you mm-hmm. know it actually it's so disappointing for me, but we'll get to that in a minute. But I guess, <clears throat> excuse me, just to start us off, I my immediate thought was, do you think this is something that they that they've you know keep in mind? Not to ramble here, but keep in mind they just took such a a like seven dunk whooping at Texas, and then suddenly this happens a couple of days later. So do you think it's a cumulative effect of things? over the course of the season so far and then maybe something happened and hugs just decided you know what you know like maybe something not so bad happened and then hugs decided let's not go to bat for these guys because i'm sick of them or do you think he just made the call like i've decided your attitudes are so bad you're unbecoming of the team and we're making a change Man, I think it's. I personally think it's the latter of what you just said right there i think that uh, and uh, i think after that game on Saturday um, and what happened from, you know, college basketball is another sport where like you see teams come out the second half and make some adjustments and, and kind of jump back up on the game. They were only down what, six or nine going into halftime. Yeah. I I mean, it was still reasonable. It it was reasonable. And then like, I think that team just gave up and I have a feeling that, you know, those two players were pretty vocal about it, probably to Huggins, not to the team. And uh, I have a feeling that's kind of where it all stems from, you know, is is, is that. I, um, I'm going to throw this out there. I, I've i done a little reading on it, and I'm, I'm wondering, uh, from what I've read, if last year Issa Ahmad was suspended for half a season, mm-hmm. and, and they um, – 12 games. Those that – kind of are in the know i guess say that that's a fairly typical suspension for somebody that might i mean this is all speculation but for somebody that may fail a drug test let's say so i'm wondering if maybe huggins was it wasn't as as much his decision as his hands were tied and it was uh maybe the result of another failed test or something and and maybe for Wesley Harris, who's maybe on his second chance after punching a guy or punching a fan at Texas Tech when Texas Tech rushed the court against WVU last year. And he has some outstanding arrest uh, from this past summer over, a, I don't know if it was like a traffic violation. No, something. that's right. I forgot about that. So yeah, I'm right. wondering if this is like, hey, you know, fool me once, shame on you. You're not going to fool me twice. 
So they've just well, the academic or the athletic department has just cut ties. Yeah, I no, think the, I, that's reasonable, Scoot. I hadn't. And I think the honest fact of it is, we'll never know. I mean, one yeah, because the school's right. got to, you know, do its thing, and, and two is is I think that this is probably the beginning of you know cleaning house, you know, and for lack of a better term, when you look at it from a baseball standpoint or, or even from a football standpoint, you look at it as this is a rebuild, and so now he's got to rebuild. So you tear everything down. And you, you got, you know, new kids coming in. You got some, you know, freshmen and other kids that are going to, you know, stick with the team and, and move on. But, you know, now what? Like, we've got six games left. Is that right? Well, yeah. Yeah, for me, right. I think it's great. And I'll tell you why I think it's great. Because, one, this allows maybe some of these younger guys to not be led in a way that's not going to be conducive to winning. Because obviously, Issa Ahmad and, and Wesley Harris were taking them down a path that wasn't going to you know yield wins. Secondly, this allows Huggins and the co- the coaching staff to kind of push those kids a little bit more into into roles that maybe we were waiting for those two guys to fulfill that just never happened. So well, and I'm I'm losing track of my horrendous games, but so what. What was the game before Texas? Was that Texas Tech? Uh, I can tell you right now. The game before before we played Texas and and looked terrible this past weekend um, was Texas Tech. That yeah. was a loss. Okay, so that Texas Tech game, you, you know, you guys think back to that really quick. That that might be, and I'm not just being dramatic here, but that that might be the worst WVU game. I've ever watched, um, it, at least in the Huggins era. I mean, I've never seen a team in the last, you know, say five, six, seven years that just look like they didn't care. I, I tweeted out at one point, I think. No, was that, that with, was the game where Culver with, went 23 and 13. He was the only bright spot yeah. and he shot like 173 free throws, I think. But see, that's the thing. Like, I think, I think on a typical team, yeah, he stands out because he's a good player. He probably doesn't stand out as much as he has. Like it appears to me, like he's the only one that cares and has any kind of energy whatsoever. But that that particular game, I think they look like if if the rules would have allowed, they would have just forfeited the game. Like with ten minutes left, I mean they they didn't want right. to be there. They, they didn't, didn't want to be there. I've never seen them like that. It was crazy. I mean, but the second half of the Texas game wasn't much different in a lot of ways. No, I know. You're right. That's what I mean. So to me, it's two games in a row where they look like if they could have just not suited up and come out, like, and just gone and hung out somewhere and not played, they would have rather done that. Right. What about, so, you know, I think this has shown us, you know, and I, I think there were those guys, I think Wes Harris and Asa Mod and, you know, Sags who hasn't touched a basketball in feels like a decade. Um, we're all supposed to be leaders this year and come out and, you know, lead this team. And we, you know, how do you, you know, obviously, you know, Javon Carter, and those guys and Miles last year, Dax Miles, like last year, they led that team. They were the team leaders. You didn't get that this year. How do you instill that into a guy like Culliver next year or somebody, you know, who's going to be that leader next year? And, you know, what what I, is it Culver? Is it, you know, I really think it's going to be, is Beetle going to be there to do it next year? You know, I, I don't, I don't. 
I don't think we can rely on Beetle. He has yet to show to me that he's that kind of leader. Um, I feel like Beetle does better not in the spotlight, where he can be that guy that just kind of jumps in and, and contributes. We saw that. He's a, That's what we saw last year. Yeah, and I, I, I'm, I don't. I think he's a good player. He's a good contributor, good player. He's just not a leader. Guys aren't gonna you know run out on the court and and follow. Culver, I think they will. I really do. I think he's got that. He shows to me that he's got that that fire that's been that's been lacking. Sags to me comes across like a guy that I would hate to play with, because one, he's going to cry every time there's there's a foul, and two, he's going to be that guy that is mad at you because you either didn't pass him the ball, you passed it the wrong way. He he feels that you did the wrong thing all the time, so he's just going to kind of roll his eyes and and be dismissive toward you every time you do anything. But he feels like a different, a different player. I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't that, that way that last guy. year. No, you're right. I mean, you're I don't right. feel like he was. Maybe a little bit. But this, as soon as the season started, I can remember making the comments to you guys like, I don't even like Sags right now. No, he's he just like, he's he whiny. He was God's he's gift soft. To basketball. Yeah, yeah, he's he's just not, you know, he's not himself. So, and I kind of feel like, I mean, with with. Everything we've witnessed season to date, I guess it's easy to look back now and be critical. Maybe we didn't feel this way at first, but to me, it feels like there is a clear um, old guard on the team and then mm-hmm. new blood on the team. There's like a, you know, it's almost half and half, it feels like to me. And some of it makes me wonder like, were West and Harris and Issa and Kanate and Bolden, were they kind of like in one camp and then the McCabe's and Nappers and. Um, and dooms and and matthews and all these Culver, maybe not culver but i I don't know but do you think they were in a separate camp and maybe the two weren't really gelling or even getting along well i wonder some games they don't even look like they like each other i wonder could the coaching staff be part of that right could could the coaches kind of know like well isa is isa and and harris is harris we don't want those younger guys to kind of feed off that. So let's try to minimize the – I don't want to say that they kind of broke the team apart, but they're trying to like – we don't want – you know, we don't want uh, Brandon Knapper to act like Issa Ahmad is acting in two years from now. So we really got to try to get in between that. It so just I'm feels like now. two camps, you know. It yeah. feels like two different camps of on the same team. It's weird to me. So maybe, as much as I, because I, I know, you know, I know so many people hate on Ahmad. I, I had, I had still been hoping that maybe this was the year that he became the guy that we've been waiting on. And man, just what, never what just a no. total disappointment. You know, it's terrible yeah. to. And and I remember remarking really early on in the season that there were one or two games where I felt like Wes Harris was the only guy working. Like he had one game. I'll have to go back and look, but I think he had like 20 points, you know, and he's not really a scorer, but he was working his butt off on the, on the glass and um, really active around the rim. And I feel like we haven't seen that in ages. So I I don't know. It's a shame for those two guys. I think, um, you know, Harris, maybe he ends up someplace else. Who knows? But for Ahmad, that's, that's just like, a thud Maybe. on yeah. uh, on an underwhelming career I'd, at WVU. I don't think Harris goes anywhere. I mean, I think he'll leave the school or whatever, but I don't think he plays anywhere. Yeah, it'll be interesting. And then we travel to Lawrence on Saturday, and uh, you know, and 
it's going to be an interesting starting five where I think you see, you know, Trey Dooms. Well, and it's going to be an yeah. interesting starting five, and they're going to have to play a lot of minutes. Yeah. There's not going to be, I don't think you can do a lot of wholesale substitution type stuff because the bench is pretty thin. Well, yeah. and so, I mean, but I, I so think, to answer but that I, question, though, Guido, there's seven games left. Yeah. And other than Oklahoma State, but we're at Oklahoma State, I don't see a winnable game no. on here. And no. and really being at Oklahoma State, I don't think you beat them either. So No. I mean, it it, I, it would not be su- surprising to me to see us finish out zero and seven, lose that first round because we have to go, have to go play that in Kansas City and play that yeah, one game. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Well, yeah. How how crazy would it be, just hypothetically, if this team somehow was the one that pulled off a win at Fog Allen Fieldhouse and swept oh Kansas God. for the season? This how mad, this how mad dumpster would, fire flying yeah. off of a cliff team. <laughs> if they were Javon Carter would be somewhere. Like, are you kidding me? Like, mm-hmm. really? This is the team that does it. These guys. These guys do this. Do you think Jamie Smalligan is mad? <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, it's it's just it's it's a sad state. To be in. I mean, luckily, uh, well, you it's, know, it's funny. Football's too, only like, six six months away. <laughs> it's it's what's led it's led hugs to reminiscing about guys like Cam Thurman. He's talking on in yeah. interviews. We've always had a guy like Cam well, Thurman. This team doesn't have anybody like Cam Thurman. Cam Thurman well, like, was tougher in his pinky than these guys are. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, and it's like if you watch, it's funny because if you read, if you follow the West Virginia Sports, the West Athletic Department website, you know, they release an article a day about the basketball team this time of year. And usually it's about practices or preparation for the upcoming game. Today's article was about what today, today's article at WVU game was about what, what would your starting all time starting five be? For, yeah. What, you right. know, and they I were like, go, did you see that? It's <laughs> like, like, let's talk about something else. Let's talk about, yeah. Let's talk about Jerry West. Things are bad. I think we should talk about Jerry West. How about that statue out front? But, <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, He's the logo. Oh, he made. Man, they, they pushed when he was in there two weeks ago or a week ago oh, for the fish that, fry. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it'll it's be a, interesting it's though to state. see how we finish out because you know, all negativity aside, I, I think we're geared as WVU fans to just always be negative and look for the worst things to happen. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it'll be interesting for the rest of these last seven games to see how they respond. Because even if we don't win, um, and I'm not trying to be one of those guys, but I, I'll be honest, it, even if we don't win so many games, but the team is like the effort and the attitude and the body language and everything is markedly better. I, I'm fine with that actually, because then well, it, it gives me some hope going into next season that maybe these guys gel together and, you know, they get better right now. It just feels terrible. And unlike college bat or college football, um, rebuilding in college basketball doesn't take a lot of time. That can be, yeah, a, yeah you know, you could take a team like this team this season and next year, oh. West Virginia could be, you know, ranked, 10th in the nation. Yeah, you know, it's, we were it's, a sweet 16 team. We were 13th in the country at the beginning of the year. Right. Think about that. It's, we were 13th how, but with how, this team. How we're not going to win 13 games. Yeah. And I it mean, was how, the same guys. It was these yeah. same guys. You know, just, you don't know. It just basket. seems crazy to think about that. I was All high right. on them. I thought, man, we're going to have a good year. But it's just. Yeah, no, it just did not turn out that way. Well, that's our that's our West Virginia talk. We, we'll try to keep that to a minimum. But for those of you that are listening, uh, but uh, you'll get you'll get more and more of that off and on but let's take a a quick break here on Tob Radio and when we come back we'll talk a little bit more of a a hot topic that happened uh, this week in in the world we'll talk a little 
El Chapo with everybody. So we'll be right back on Tob Radio. Welcome back to Top Radio, Guido along with uh, Scoot and Johnson. Don't forget, check us out on the Twitter machine if you get a chance. I'm at Top Guido and at uh, Top Scoot and Top Johnson. And, also, uh, f- TopRadio.com. TopRadio.com. And uh, keep, uh, keep checking us out. Uh, big news this week in the world, I guess, uh, was El Chapo. The uh, Mexican drug kingpin who was extradited uh, two years ago, three years ago from Mexico into the United States was convicted and found guilty uh, in federal uh, in the federal courts this past week and uh, will be sentenced in June. But because of the kingpin statute in the federal judicial system, he'll get life in in jail. Uh, Scooty, uh, uh, if you didn't know, Scoot is a big El Chapo fan. He seems uh, to, he likes. Uh, I, yes. I love yeah, I mean, drug lords, cartels, <laughs> cartels. He's um, super into that. Um, um, short people, Chapo. short people. I like them too. But so, anyways, what what uh, what kind of uh, you know this happened this week and kind of churned back up for me was the whole Sean Penn uh, El Chapo get together, the Sean Penn El Chapo meeting, uh, in which uh, was the time that. El Chapo was finally arrested for the third time or found, you know, for the third time shortly after he met with Sean Penn, because Sean Penn was going to interview him for, do uh, you know, to play him, you know, he, Sean yeah. Penn wanted to play him in a movie, I suppose. And so uh, I feel he doesn't look like him, but yes. I, no, and I, you know, it's one, you know, Sean Penn, you know, he's such yeah. a great actor. He can, you never know what he can do. But the whole thing was, is that Sean Penn apparently um, denies that he had anything to do with the government finding him. But then there, there's all this, you know, undertone that Sean Penn was the reason that they were able to find him because Sean Penn gave up El Chapo's uh, location to mm-hmm. the government to find him. And, uh, I just think it's hilarious that Sean Penn continually sort of Vietnamese, 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 I don't know, lose my words. He denies, he denies that, were you having some kind of medical emergency? Vietnamese, yes, thank you. Did he turn Vietnamese? What just happened there? Uh, but anyways, he denies that he had anything to do with with, uh, with <laughs> finding El Chapo. So El Chapo's nickname is also Saigon Sam. See, <laughs> kind of a connection. That's not true. That's not true at all. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Scoots, tell us, like, how do you feel about um, El Chapo? Well, I, I'm. It's interesting because when you look up information on El Chapo. He's like this mythical creature, which is hilarious to me because he's not. He's a human being that people should be able to get this information from. Like, they think he's been at least married to four different people. They're not sure. He's at least fathered 12 to 13 children. No one's sure. Like, he's like the... he. He gets arrested, put in prison. He escapes. He's like the Rasputin 
of drug cartel uh, leaders. Well, and they're they're So how about they're now saying that he his estate, like his, you know, the entirety of his wealth was 14 billion dollars. Forbes. Forbes ranked him for like a bunch of consecutive years. One of the most powerful people in the world. Well, and now. So have you seen this stuff about Ted Cruz is trying to pass a bill that would essentially hand his estate over to the u.s government and then the u.s government would use it to fund the border wall <laughs> crazy <laughs> i like it uh, uh no i think what the u.s government should do is is they should do exactly what uh columbia did with um uh what was the other giant drug pin uh, drug kingpin out of columbia who, uh, Pablo uh, Pablo Escobar, yeah. the the government of Colombia seized his his uh, his house and whatever estate, and they turned it into a giant water park, and, and they charged <laughs> tickets for people to come to it. Come see Pablo Escobar's great water park he built. Come to El Chapo Land, where El you Chapo, can El, Ch- El Chapo Land. You have guys dressed like plumbers because he kind of looks like a plumber, <laughs> and uh, and. You know, it just kills me. And, and, like, I don't understand. The other thing about, like, these uh, drug kingpins, and even, like, in the old gangster days and the more modern gangster days, why are all these guys, they're all, like, very large men or larger men. They're not that great looking, you know. They always have, like, triple chins. And, uh, you know, it's like the Tony Soprano effect. Like, why is it always these, uh, well, you know. You would think like a good looking like a like a guy who looks like Matthew McConaughey. That should be a drug kingpin. You know, you would buy the wouldn't you think? Well, and how about so going back to Scoot's thing though, really quick about um, about showing up with Sean Penn, but no one else being able to track him down. How how did that? Because you're right that that was about two years ago, right? And then that just was some kind of homemade interview, right? That it's, that Sean Penn did, and, and it's it got, got a very to me, it's got a very uh, Kim Jong Un, Dennis Rodman feel to it. Okay. It does right. very much. Dennis so. Rodman's the only guy that can talk to this guy. Come on, <laughs> what in the world? And they're like what? best what buddies. Yeah, right. Like, what's wrong with this world that, like, yeah, Kim Jong Un and, and Dennis Rodman are talking to each other, and Sean Penn and the Lord, the world's largest drug kingpin, are talking to now, each other? So. Have you guys heard where he's going to prison? Tell me, he's going to Hazleton. No, no he's no. going to something in Colorado. Yes, right? the Alcatraz of the Rockies is what they oh, call it. Really? And uh, I was doing a little reading to give you an idea what he's about to enjoy. He'll have 23 hours every day in solitary confinement in a 12 by 7 cell. Uh, he will not have contact Space-ish. with anybody at, uh, whatsoever. He won't. They, they said they, they make it so they can't even see the sky. Wow. Um, uh, it, they said that um, each cell has a toilet, shower, bed, concrete slab with a thin mattress. Meals are slid through the openings of the doors. Um. This Does he is, have to watch National League baseball? He, hey, hey now, hey now, that's a that's a dig. He's only allowed to watch <laughs> Colorado a, Rockies games. Yeah, that's what he's getting right. Like he's only allowed to watch. He has MLB package, but he's only allowed to watch the Rockies game. It's heinous. <laughs> is that capital punishment? Yeah. Um, and they gave him a Todd Helton jersey. 
some of the other notorious criminals in the Alcatraz of the Rockies. Okay. Maybe you remember Ted Kaczynski. Wow. Yes, the, the Unabomber. The Unabomber. Yep. How about Jokar Snarev? Uh, Zarev. Snarev, yep, from up here in the Boston uh, Boston yeah. Bomber, yeah. Yes, yeah. I really butchered his last name, but that's okay. Uh, Zacharias Masawi. Are you familiar with him? Shoe, wasn't he the shoe? No. Was he the shoe bomber? He was the... not, but he was a September 11th conspirator. Conspirator. Ah, okay. All right, okay. okay. Now, you you are right, though. The shoe bomber is there. Richard oh, is Reed. Really? Richard Reed. Richard Reed, yeah. That place, man, that place sounds like a hoot. Like... How about Terry Nichols? Are you familiar with Terry Nichols? Yeah, why does that sound? Terry Nichols was the guy at uh, Oklahoma City, right? Yes, Oklahoma City, yep. And Eric Rudolph. That one's Eric a little bit more obscure Rudolph. for me. I didn't realize. I don't know this one, I don't think. He was the Olympic Park bomber from oh, yeah. Yeah. Atlanta. Yeah. yeah, Atlanta. So this is wow. like a who's who of who's in this prison. Wow, that's uh, yeah, also, that's crazy. And I know I'm jumping around here, but uh, also there was a report that came out yesterday, I believe, that uh, surprisingly Bill Cosby has enjoyed his prison stay. Uh, he, he has found it uh, enjoyable. Well, how old is Cosby now? I think 86. Okay. 86 or 87. He's he's blind, I think, but he so still listen. feels he has nothing to deny. He doesn't have any remorse because he's innocent. So listen, let's be honest for a second. We're all, uh, we all have jobs. We all uh, have kids and our parents. Isn't there, uh, isn't there just a small part of you that... It kind of sounds nice to be alone for 23 hours a day in a room by yourself. Somebody brings you food, you know. I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> Compared to the day I had yesterday, I would have taken yeah. it. Would you, would you rather you don't be have to deal with any crazy security prison scheme? Uh, yeah. Sometimes I feel like I am the warden of a maximum security <laughs> prison. <laughs> like I'm dealing with these people little yeah. choppers you got little, little choppers little choppers i've got some el choppers oh, man all right well that's our that's our prison segment for this week stay tuned next week when we uh when we talk a little bit more about incarceration uh so we're going to talk a little bit about uh i'm 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 refusing to call it hot stove baseball now it's officially cold stove baseball uh, so we'll take a break on top radio and come back and talk a little bit about the bun pitchers and catchers bun warmer baseball. Yeah, right. All right, we'll be right back on top radio. Welcome back to Top Radio. Uh, welcome to our baseball segment where we uh, talk about the cold stove, the lukewarm stove. I mean, at, le- at least pitchers and catchers reported this week. Some stuff has finally started to happen. I-, I really wanted to come into this week, pitchers and catchers reporting, you know, players reporting, and and really start making some us to make some predictions for this year. I, I just feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, and I have predictions, I have feelings, but... Uh, I have a hard time making some predictions without some of these players off the uh, free agency chart and, and onto a team. You know, I do think that that affects, you know, if, you know, the Padres get Manny and, and Harper, well, now all of a sudden they're contenders, you know? I feel like it's a hard time to, to try to 
to uh, to do this without having some of these people off the board. Do you do you feel like you're waiting for Adam Jones to sign somewhere? I feel bad for Adam Jones right now. Like, you know, you dive headfirst into free agency, a guy like Adam Jones, who's a, you know, a, a upper tier of the free agents, but not top of the, you know, charts. And yeah, he's not uh, going anywhere. And he's not going to go anywhere and he's not going to get anything. I mean, he'll somebody will pick that? him up. Why? I mean, why is I don't understand. I, I was reading a little bit about that the um, other day and I don't understand that. What's 33 years old. You're so you I guess you're for him. He's probably holding out for a three or four year contract. That's probably mm-hmm. what he feels he should get. The market's not yielding that. So but I mean, three or four seasons, that's nothing. And he's a for I, I don't know. I guess I just don't understand why that's a big Well, I guess of, at 37, do you really want to pay for Adam Jones, who's not going to hit for power? Right. I guess they're, he's, where are you going to play? If you're a National League team, you've got nowhere to play him because he'll have to be a DH because he's losing speed as well. Right. So I think that's kind of what they look at. They say, well, we'll go with these arbitration guys for four years that are young right. and fast. And this is this is part of what analytics has done to baseball, and these these guys are now in you know they're just he's in a these guy he's not the only one. You look through the list of free agents that are still out there, and there's some guys that are they're just they're going to end up having to take in the middle of March or the beginning of March when people start getting injured on major league teams and in spring training games, you know one year you know five million dollar deals when he's probably holding out for a twenty million dollar three year deal, you know. Twenty-five million dollar three-year deal, you know, and then you got you have the same thing with you know Manny and 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 Harper. You know, it's it's I think these guys wanted those three hundred million dollar deals and ten-year uh, deals, and those aren't there. And I think Manny's got one of those, and he doesn't want to take it, which I think is the Chicago White Sox. I don't think he wants to go there. Um. It's it's you know they I feel like Major League Baseball and this is the one I will say we talked about rule changes last week this is a rule change they need to make they need to get rid of this continual cycle of free agency and there needs to be just like a hunting season like an open period you know and it's got they've got to be signed you know you got they've got to come up with a new system it, it just you know. Something's got to change. But it seems make... it it seems terrible that Machado and Harper are not on a lineup yet. Like, Mm-mm. but I but I think the problem is is the market doesn't start to clear until you get some of the top tier names off. You know, until you start to finalize some of that. And I and so I I don't feel like you can make any predictions. You know, based on the fact that there's still so many the free agency market's so deep right now. But there was one other big sort of news that came huge huge news that came out this week in major league baseball huge huge i tell you um and not a doug fister re- announcing his retirement no not not that you know it was uh that cc sabathia said that 2019 will be his last season wow pitching major league baseball and I don't bring it up. I think it's time for CC to retire. He's still pitching well. I only bring it up because what is it with these players, especially in Major League Baseball, who feel like they have to announce their retirement, you know, at the beginning of the season when they first show up to spring training camp. Oh, this is my last season. I'm retiring. And then it becomes this like year long circus 
of, you know, oh, the retirement of CC the Sabathia. And every stadium he goes to, they hand him a bat with, you know, with an, his a signature on it for that, you know. Why, why, why is, what is the need of that? Why can't you just finish and then retire? I think some of it is, I think our, our self, um, narcissism where we want to feel like we're better than, than we want people to realize, Hey, guess what? I'm done. Look at me. I'm, I've put in my time. I, I don't know. Like, I don't know why he couldn't just play the season out and then say, Hey, guess what? I'm done. Like why? why? I know. Drop the mic. Walk out. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Instead, he feels like instead he feels like he's got to be like an elementary now, school principal who's been teaching for twenty years. He wants his cake at the end of the gate at the end of the day. You know, my last day. Bring me cake. Now, let me ask you this: Who would you rather have pitching for you, Bartolo Colon or CC Sabathia? They're both big men. Well, here, okay. So it it depends. If I'm an owner, all right. If I'm an, if I own the team. I think I would want Bartolo Colon over CC Sabathia because I think Bartolo puts more butts in the seats. I think people come out, especially if you're a National League team. I think people come oh, out. Oh, so see you can Bart- see, yeah, big sexy. So you, <laughs> big, yeah, like he's like listen when he play playing for the Mets. That home run, that's like like that's one of my favorite all time highlights in, in Major League Baseball. It's just classic, and uh, you know. So I think if I'm putting butts. If I'm trying, if I'm a general manager or a manager, and I'm trying to win games, it's definitely CC. I think uh, you know he's still. I think when you look at him as a pitcher, he's still a much uh, better pitcher. I think he's more, you know, commands the ball, commands commands the strike zone a little better. I think the only thing I think gives CC a slight edge, very slight, is that he's left-handed. I think if yes. if if he's right-handed, I want Bartolo Colon. I don't care. Bartolo Colon's a better pitcher. Because if he's still being able to go out and be competitive at age 45 and being 300 pounds and 5 foot tall, <laughs> like, that's amazing. Like, that is amazing. Like, <laughs> I know it's, it's like counterproductive to say that he is an amazing athlete, but for him to be able to be competitive in something physical – in this the physical shape that he's in, that's amazing. So like, accor- think about the water to, displacement when he gets in the hot tub. They've got to refill the or the ice bath. They've got to refill the MLB. According to MLB.com, he's five eleven and two eighty five. <laughs> I would he, say that he's probably five nine and a good three hundred all day long. But. So <laughs> roughly, what we're saying then is that he is the same weight as a man who is uh, 10 inches taller than him in Aaron Judge. Yeah. <laughs> they are the same yeah. weight. <laughs> right. So Aaron his... Judge, though, is a freak. I mean, that, that dude is like a linebacker playing baseball. Yeah. Is, is Bartolo Colon... A Hall of Famer. He's he's Ooh. he's been to four All Star games. He won the Cy Young in in two thousand five. How many wins? Right. He uh, he 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 is two forty seven and one eight one uh, one eighty eight. Mm. ERA all time of uh, four point one, and he uh, he has twenty five hundred career twenty five thirty five of his strikeouts. 
No, that, those, I'm going to say they're no. not hall. Of, those are not really Hall of Fame numbers. The 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 ERA is definitely not a Hall of Fame no. numbers. You know, he's an accumulator. Like he's he's picking up stats. Like and you got to remember that he's been playing since '97. Like right, he's going to get ridiculous. Twenty two years. Like uh, as long as I've known you, which is odd. <laughs> that is that is odd. Um, but yeah, he's. I mean, he's going to have ridiculous. He'll probably rank very high amongst you know major league players and strikeouts and some of those types of statistics just because of the sheer fact that he's played forever but he is uh, one of the, the few quality. players he's one of the few active even though i don't think he's with a team right now technically active players left that played for the montreal expos there you go which i think if they were to reestablish a team johnson that would be your team i think so too johnson's team would definitely be whatever team moved to montreal especially if they're american league i i think if I were to have a friend who resembled a French Canadian speaking guy, Johnson he would. most resembles that. Sacrebleu. <laughs> I like to have my eggs side by each. <laughs> side by each. I've told you the story. Um, you know, the, the Montreal Expos used to have that emblem of the M, but it was like a cursive E type yeah. puffy M. And it was. It was white. I think it was white and red and blue. And the the swipe on the left side was kind of a curly Q. And then on the right side, it was like a puffed, almost looked like a B. So when I was in middle school, huge baseball fan. I used to like draw all the logos and stuff like that, you know, just doodling around in notebooks. And I used to think that that M was the word Elb. Because I didn't realize it was an M. I could see that. And I went as far as to convince myself that Elb was some kind of French word that I didn't know. The, <laughs> like, that's like, how uh, bad I didn't understand that M. I mean, looking back on that, it's absurd. But <laughs> I, I can see that. Uh, so you, I think you should stick with being an Expos fan, Johnson. I like that. So that makes you a good. Nationals fan. <laughs> right. See, it all ties around. We've been having this discussion about uh, Johnson, who is pretty strong in the A's camp, and and both we all live on the East Coast, and both Scooty and I are East like teams on the East Coast. But Johnson's like likes this West Coast team that you know doesn't play until midnight every night. It seems like, and you know how they do you they wear them they wear the masking tape on their foreheads so that people know who the players' names are because nobody knows the players. <laughs> Sorry, man. Hey, it's you, just, brown hair. A... <laughs> Go over there and play third base, brown hair. <laughs> We're talking about the ALCS Oakland A's. Like, I don't understand all the hate on these guys. Like, hey, mustache, shut up and play left field. <laughs> I mean, they literally went to the <laughs> pennant. I mean, they were in the pennant race until the last day. I don't understand all the hate. And I bet... I think everybody I mean, I on the team's named what, Zeke. Hey, Zeke! <laughs> I don't know what the Astros are going to be like this year, but I bet they're back in the race for the West again. I mean... I, 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 know, I, I agree. I, I definitely agree. Oh. And I know you're going to hate I, on their ballpark. Well, I, just, and I, I think they'll be there if brown hair and mustache deliver. <laughs> if those two guys come through in the clutch this season, the A's will be back in the playoffs. But it depends on brown hair. I mean, he, he had an off year last year. <laughs> uh, so, you know, eventually we will give you our 
uh, Major League Baseball 2019 predictions. We will tell you our feelings. Maybe we'll even each week break down, you know, either American League or National League or, you know, maybe we'll do divisions. We'll see. But uh, for right now, I just feel like because there's no action on, on the uh, free agency market, because there's been no signings and everybody seems to be content calling up, you know, minor league players to fill positions that guys who are sitting at home listening to this podcast could be playing. Um, we'll just con- we'll just punt a week, and next week or the week after, we'll talk more baseball. Uh, so we're gonna take a break. We're gonna come back with our final segment, which we like to call hashtag Open Segment, right here on Top Radio. Welcome back to Tob Radio. This is our uh, fourth and final segment of the day, and this is a segment we like to call hashtag open segment. But today, it's going to be a little reverse. Usually what we do is we, Johnson or myself, come up with a, a topic that's going to see how Mr. Scoot reacts to. But oddly enough, this week, Scoot has brought the topic to us, so it's Hashtag reverse open segment, I guess. Look out. Look out. Okay, you ready here? Uh, it is the, it's a holiday today uh, for for those of you that celebrate this day. Uh, yep. Valentine's Day. Okay, the day for lovers. Right. Okay, well, um, uh, I don't is, know. That, which is the reason all of our wives are mad at us right now because we're recording we're a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. We're happily married that way. Um <laughs> Well, this is an, an app came out that was obviously after our time, uh, as far as we, we were able to secure our mates um, much sooner than this app came out. If you're familiar with Tinder, are you fellas familiar with the app Tinder? I am. I am familiar with the Tinder. Okay, swiping, yes. swiping yeah, right. Can you give me? Can you yeah. give some uh, a background on Tinder? Anyone? So that the, uh, I mean, and listen, this may be wrong, so I could embarrass myself greatly here but so tinder I is think a, that's what scoot's going for but. tinder is an app uh, of, of which <laughs> you uh no it's like a it's like an online dating app so it's like a match.com or one of those kind of online dating apps except what it is is it's based off of people post pictures if you think they're you remember when we were in college they had hot or not.com do you remember yeah, that website yeah, yeah i feel like it's the it's it's the millennials <laughs> version of hot or not.com like you swipe left or you swipe right if you like them or not and then if you swipe if you swipe the way that you like them, you can then text them some sort of dirty message or a dick pic or something like that, right? Okay. <laughs> well, um, in England, Tinder has inspired a new app. Okay? okay. This app is for farmers. And it's called Tutter. <laughs> Tutter. Tutter. Okay. So, Tutter. as you're looking at... But, it, I mean, is so is... Is that a take on like an ink? Because you know, there's some some like utter, humor utter, that I'm like, utter. what? But it's okay. like Tinder right. and utter together. Utter. Utter. Okay. Yeah. All right. Like a cow. All right. So Johnson, a cow has these things underneath of it that produce. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. I'm following. Of course, right. I know that. Okay. <laughs> um. So this app. If you're a farmer, let Johnson, let's say you're, you know, I don't know, you live in uh, Devonshire, England, 
And, and I'm out. Ho- I'm hoeing. And you, okay, and I'm, you're, I'm in the back. You've got yourself uh, Bessie the cow. You know, you got a, a right. nice, a nice milking cow. And right. uh, you want to have more milking cows. You're going to get on Tutter and uh, take a look at uh, your options there and swipe right or swipe left on so, uh, what cow you think would mate best with your cow. Best with your cow. I, I, I like it. So is it just for farmers is of it, cows? I mean, is, like, it, is it people just getting... bulls or is it cows? I think so far all I see is cows. Um, so, are you on this app? I am not on right the now? app. I am not on <laughs> the app. Um, all I see are cows. He's scoots like I've been swiping all day. I've been swiping all day. All I I'm see, I haven't seen it. For more, there has not keeps, been a teacup schnauzer once on one here. More <laughs> other cows. Um, nothing but. <laughs> and the article here that I'm reading says, as with the human equivalent, farmers use smartphones to choose whether they are looking for a male or female. Swiping through the photos, right for yes, left for no, until they find a match. Um, this puts all your the data at your fingertips. What does that even mean? A match? I, I mean, I like, guess. How like, do you find a? What exactly is a match for your? Exactly. Your, uh, it's cows. Is it a cow? Yes. Swipe right. Like what? Is, I don't understand what the characteristics are. May I? May I quote a farmer who's used the app? Oh, please. There's Can nothing... you use an English? Can you use yeah, an English you accent? Have to you have to read okay. it in English accent. Cockney. Not There's yeah. not nothing better than seeing an animal in its home, its natural habitat, rather. Than putting, it, <laughs> putting it on a lorry. If someone rings up and wants to come have a look, or even getting it from their picture, it's ideal, really from that respect and they're happier for it <laughs> that's great uh, i don't even know on what a lorry was, i don't even on, know you put it on a lorry oh man so but uh, i mean honestly like what i'm on so i'm on tutter and what am i like raccoon no <laughs> you know you know rooster no like, cow yeah i mean I, it's like, how, well, i don't understand Here's my concern, right? Um, if it's cows, let's say it's only cows. It's not other animals, right? <laughs> no, We're I looking mean, at, like, what's the what? What's the characteristic that makes me swipe right? Is right, all is I'm it saying. Uh, this one's browner than the last one? Like this one is taller? Like I don't. What are you looking for in a cow? So I think what led this, what leads you down the path on this too, is now you need to go to the Google, and you need to type in the words. Tinder for, and then insert whatever. Like if you type in Tinder for dogs, it comes up with Bark Buddy, the app for dogs to find each other. Okay. You can swipe through profiles of dogs in your areas. Let's see. I'm just thinking there's some, there's some English farmer out there that's listening to this discussion. He's gone. These blokes don't know the difference between the cows. (laughs) Blimey. Blimey, these blokes think you can can just put any cow on a lorry and and be off, and you can't. (laughs) You went a little... uh... You went a little Kennedy there at the end. I felt like it, you it, a little... it felt New England, didn't yeah, it? It felt very New England. Harvard. Oh, <laughs> but like on bark, that's not on bark, what your buddy. cow can do for you. 
That's what you can do for your cow. <laughs> now that is funny, excuse me. They make an app for everything now. Pretty soon we'll have the Tob app, right? And you'll yes. be able to do something Soon, on that coming, top 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 to an app store near you once apple approves of anything that we do <laughs> <laughs> that's just now they won't because of that <laughs> we'll take that out cut that out we'll, we'll fix them. <laughs> if you hate on apple we will not approve your podcast <gasps> steve jobs is a great man can you can He's you dead. read He's dead. can can you read the last part of that Would you like cow to review that? again can you just one more time uh <laughs> In the accent. In the accent, of course. There's nothing better than seeing an animal in its home, its natural habitat, rather than putting it on a lorry if someone rings up and wants to come have a look, or even getting it at getting it from the picture, it's ideal really from that respect, and they're happier for it. <laughs> <laughs> Good day, man. <laughs> so, um, that that's the uh, open segment. Get you some ton- tutter. Get, get you some tutter. If you got listen for all of you farmers listening, maybe maybe tutter will come to America for you. So, <laughs> uh, we'll be back. Oh, but first, Scoot, tell us about uh, our uh, our awesome sponsor, Tactical Legion Knives. It's a family-owned and operated company with a focus on heavy-duty knives. We love knives and have been in the knife industry for more than 15 years. When you buy a knife from us, you're buying a knife to last. We're a cut above the rest. Tactical Legion. All right, thanks, Scoot. And we'll catch you guys next week on another podcast. Hopefully, we'll be somewhere where you can listen to us. We'll see you the next time on Top Radio.